Welcome to the Fast Brackets Podcast, where we highlight the cars and stars of top sportsmen and top dragster drag racing. I am your host, Rex Simmermaker, coming to you from the heart of Indianapolis, the racing capital of the world. Welcome to the show, guys, girls. Today is episode number 56. It's the second week of September 2020. And this, my friends, is the U.S. Nationals recap episode. So we're going to get into all that was the big go and how that went down. And I did what I always do on Labor Day weekend, or at least have done for the past 40 years, ever since I was six years old, which is hit Indy to either watch or race in the big go, the greatest drag race on the planet It was awesome, but it was different this year. First of all, there were no heroes. And I mean that in all sincerest form. There were no heroes out front who were giving brewskis to ladies willing to take their tops off for a brief moment. There was no one outside stopping the line of cars, throwing some bleach down on the pavement and letting you do a burnout in the line. If and only if you had a cool enough car to be deemed worthy of such burnout. And also there was no float on Monday made up from the crazies that camp out on the west side of the track. One of the most unique aspects in all of professional sports, in my opinion. So there were no heroes there this year. However, uh, the NHRA, I will tell you, did a, did a nice job with it. And the capacity it looked like to me was capped around 40%. And I will give NHRA some credit. For the most part, it felt like Indy. Uh, just with a few fewer people to bump into as you cross the bridge to get to the other side of the track. Um, and the big end did what they had to do, which was get those 900 cars down the track and complete eliminations in four days, shortened, of course, for the Rona. I'm not exactly sure how shortening up the day to from five days to four days helped us keep protected. But to be fair, the higher-ups in Glendale are making some extremely tough decisions right now, and I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt on this one. Um, and they did put on another absolute show. They did it in incredible fashion. They pulled back a few qualifying sessions, although they kept the Friday night pro qualifying session which is absolutely tremendous on the lights. I've said this for many years. I've said, if you live within 300 miles of Indianapolis, you should do two things, at least two things on your bucket list. The first is watch the Indy 500. That, of course, was not possible this year. But the second is to watch the Friday night qualifying at the U.S. Nationals under the lights when those fuel cars go down the track throwing – flames 20 feet up in the air on either side of them it really is a spectacle that cannot be replicated um and and i'm on this kick now just after watching it this weekend i hope the big end doesn't get too excited with the way things went down this weekend i mean it really went well so i don't want them getting any big ideas about how to cut the program down any in the future um you know or any further so you know, nicely done. It was a great weekend. We have lots to cover in this episode for you. There was a lot happening at the U.S. Nationals, um, and we'll get into that. Uh, we've got uh, your 2020 U.S. Nationals top sportsman champion, Dusty Myers, to come on and talk his monster win. 
I cannot wait to get him on and talk about that. So let's do it. Get to doing whatever it is that you do while you listen to the show. Make your commute to work. Clean the shop. Work on your old heap. But metaphorically speaking, put your helmet on. Get strapped in because here we go. All right, let's make a pass. Let's get this thing hot. Put it in the water box. And there's a couple of things to touch on here from Indy. Uh, first, the NHRA tried for some reason to cut out the political thoughts. And that, as I told you, did not go the way they thought it would. Primarily because drag racers do what drag racers do, which is take that rule book, and in this case, section 1.11, and follow it. But they follow it around the building and into the parking lot until they find a loophole that allows them to follow the rules so that they can do what they want. In this case, there was a pro team handing out racers for Trump stickers in the exact size that was allowed by the NHRA. So most, if not all, of the sportsman cars had these stickers on them all weekend. And that signage was branded very similar to what ultimately became huge signage on the pro stock and pro mod teams that said racers for freedom in the same branding. So the racers got around this issue and supported their cause. Frankly, I don't think there should be that much consternation over this issue, to be honest, uh, because one side says, do what you want as long as you play by the rules. And the other side says, we don't want racing to go on if we get in office. I'm not exactly sure how you justify um, if you are a racer or even a fan of openly supporting that one side. Uh, Additionally, Eric Trump showed up at the track, uh, which was interesting. He was taking photos with a bunch of the teams and giving his support in the racer sport. It was just really, really interesting um, how that all shook down and and really um, how political drag racing has gotten this year, Um, I think, unknowns to all of us at the beginning of the year truthfully uh secondly 2020 bit us again i told you that we would get to put a little action on these events i had a conversation with someone i deeply respect uh that told me under no uncertain terms that i should with my nine to five have no part in this action um it was disappointing because truly um gambling in my opinion is as american as apple pie But there is still a little legal gray area, and I just can't get caught up in that right now. Um, So that's on the back burner for a while um, until there's some clarity with how certain groups will prosecute these activities. So um, hang tight with me there. We'll still get back on that. But, uh, again, another uh, 2020 snake bite there. Um, And lastly, I need to address this because this never happens I totally screwed up. I missed this one by a long shot. I predicted last week the bump spots for both top sportsmen and top dragster. And given the weather and the number of competitors that they were entered, I thought we were going to get or at least had a chance at getting a historic bump spot, uh, beating last year's 623 in top dragster and the top sportsman side getting faster than they were last year. It did not happen. Uh, there were still lightning fast fields, but most of the competitors went into bracket mode pretty early and the field settled in nicely. Um, it was extremely fast, but not faster than last year and mark this down. It's one of my very, very rare mistakes. 
All right, let's put this thing in the beams presented by ThisIsBracketRacing.com. On with us now, he's your 2017 Division Five Top Sportsman Champion. He finished in the top 10 in NHRA world standings in 2018 and in 2020 became your top sportsman U.S. Nationals winner. With us now, Dusty Meyer. Dusty, how are you today, man? Doing great. Uh, I, trying to absorb what happened over the weekend. Yeah, I guess so, <laughs> right? I mean, you, you win the U.S. Nationals, life is great. <laughs> yeah, especially it's only, only the second race they've had top sportsman there, so it's pretty special very special um and we're going to get into that uh here in a minute but let's let's uh unwind this thing just a little bit go way way back and talk about how you got into racing obviously your family is involved but uh talk us through a little bit um you know kind of your early memories of drag racing uh so it all started way back with um obviously my dad and randy they used to drag race back in the 70s and 80s and uh about 82 my brother was born so my dad kind of got out of drag racing and um once i turned eight they started they had the junior dragster series uh so me and my brother started racing juniors at age eight and uh kind of stemmed up from there we worked up to a dragster and then we had this truck built we were racing super gas with it and then you know how racing goes you're always progressing and dumping more money and getting faster and faster and of course we've ended up ended up in top sportsman with with uh, the same truck yeah so uh so where's your home track then you're from kansas correct yep yeah so our home track growing up was kcir it was over on the uh, missouri side of uh, kansas city um it closed down i can't remember the year i think it was probably 2010 yep. 2009 somewhere in there but uh, yeah we grew up junior racing there with me, my brother, and Megan, and Rachel, and Randy, and my dad, helping us out. And uh, is Topeka now? Is that the closest uh, track for you? Is that kind of what you call home at this point? Yeah, at this point, Topeka is our home track. Where um, where I live is about a half hour from Topeka, so can't get much much easier than that. Gotcha. That's, uh, that's a nice facility. So okay, so your first passes then were were in a dragster first, the junior dragster, then a, a full size. Yep, so we started racing juniors at eight, and then uh, we had a, it was a Neyland Parks, it was a hardtail cable car with a small block in it, and I went to Pittsburgh State University down in southeast Kansas, and uh, my dad came down there with that dragster, and that was the first first pass I made. Full pass was down at uh, Mocan, uh-huh. um, and yeah, it was, it was a little sketchy, but it was fun. That was that was my first memory of uh, a full pass and an actual fast car. Right. And so did you bracket race that for a little while then um, before you got the truck, or when was yeah. the turning point? Yep. Yeah, so uh, the that small block dragster, me and my sister actually traded off racing at KCR with that. And then at the same time, my dad was building this, this uh, super gas truck, and then we started getting into the – Lucas Oil uh, divisional stuff, and we've uh, progressed from there. We had that we had a small block in that truck uh, running super gas. So. Gotcha, gotcha. So um, at at some point, and you you made kind of a rare transition, I think, from a dragster to the the door truck, which I think is really really cool. Tell us about that truck. 
that truck was built in 2010. My dad was going to build it for pro stock truck, but then the pro stock truck class dropped. Um, and then we, we put it into super gas and, uh, there was also a dragster. I don't know if you knew this. I, I also raced super comp. So we've got two cars. Okay. So we had another dragster built at the same time, which was built for my sister. Uh, so I bounce back and forth between super comp and top sportsman right now. I got it. Yeah. Makes sense. And that truck, um, your dad built the chassis. Cause I know it's a little bit unique. I mean, obviously it's, uh, like the, the old pro stock trucks, but, but it does not have the bars coming down out of the it top. Does, so, right. Yeah. Whenever my dad had that truck built, he didn't like the looks of the bars coming through the back window. Uh-huh. Um, so if you ever, if we ever have the back of that thing apart, come over and look at it. I mean, there's bars all over in the back of it. It's, it's built pretty solid. Yeah, it's um, it's really cool from that standpoint. Yeah, absolutely. But it was built by uh, – it started out with uh, Star Performance out of Kansas City. Larry Barnett and uh, Chris Watkins were working on it. And Larry Larry got out of building cars, so Chris Watkins at CNA Performance finished it up for us. And uh, we went from the small block, and then we put a, a 672 big block in it. Um, and about that time, whenever I graduated from college and I moved away – so J.R. Loebner was actually driving the truck for a few years while I was away, and then I got a new job opportunity. I came back, and uh, we put that big Sonny's motor in there, and we, me and my dad started racing all the divisional and national stuff. Yeah, I got gotcha. you. Yeah, so um, tell us a little bit about that that motor combo that you've got in it right now. Yep, so we've got – it's a Sonny's, I think it's 818 or 816. It doesn't really matter at that point. Um, <laughs> right. It's it's a Sonny's motor, and then we we had a uh, Mark Mil- Mark Mickey Turbo 400 built for it, and we've got a uh, spray bar inside the manifold. So races like Indy, where we probably wouldn't have qualified, we can we can put a bottle in it and, and pick up a couple tents to make the field. Gotcha. So that's a that's an aluminum block, is that right? So um, or is it a, a steel block? No, nope, it's a five inch. Uh, bore space, build aluminum block. Yep, with uh, with the sunny semi heads on it. Gotcha, and and so that makes really good power as it stands. But um, you did spray it this weekend in Indy, correct? Yeah, yeah, we had to uh, last year. We didn't qualify for the race, so we we uh, had Mark Mick, Mickey build us a bolt together converter, and and now we can change out stators um, and really load that motor under on the bottle and, and make it move. Yeah. Yeah. And cause that's, uh, Mark's, um, two speed 400, correct. With, yeah. um, all that stuff. I mean, it's almost unbreakable at that point in it. Yeah. It's a, it's a three speed, uh, 400. It's got a dump valve on it. I mean, it's, it's might as well be a pro mod transmission at this point. Um, it's, we have not had any issues with it. It's bulletproof. Yeah. So that truck's pretty heavy. I mean, it weighs with me in it. Uh, we're twenty five sixty. Okay. And we, we had power glides behind it and we were just shredding those things. So we uh they're not cheap, but we had had a, a good transmission built. By the time you keep breaking power glides it's worth it to up it, you know, at some point you're just wasting money on That's right. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. No. Um and find the weak weak link, right? So you found it, uh fixed it and then off you go. Yep. Yeah, now we're now we're on to rear end gears. We keep breaking those. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> we're gonna we're gonna up that to a ten inch at some point. Of course, yeah. right? There's no other way. Yeah, no, we sense. broke a lot of rear ends last year. <laughs> <laughs> well, hopefully, you keep that under control this year, and uh, certainly yeah. got got through it this uh, this weekend. Let's let's talk a little bit about. I mean, thank you for walking us through that truck. Uh, what year is it? Remind us, uh, remind the listeners. Uh, it was it was finished in 2010 that was probably i'd say it took about four years to build it but it was finished in 2010 yeah those were always pretty um pretty cool trucks and i'm a little surprised there aren't more um of those s10 trucks in top sports and racing just from the standpoint that the wheelbase is a little bit longer and you can sit up and maybe see potentially see the finish line a little bit better than in a well, inside those tr- i mean you sit in one of those Pro stock Camaros versus sitting in one of these trucks, like sitting in a fishbowl. I mean, you can see everything. Yeah. Um, I, I know that there is a new, new top sportsman truck coming. I won't say their their name, but it's uh, oh, it's black and purple, and that's going to be nice. Uh, of course, <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. That that's a nice piece for sure. Um, yeah, and uh, yeah, one of the worst held secrets in all of top sportsman, probably. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Um, well, thanks for telling us about the truck. Uh, let, let's dig into your crew a little bit. Who all helps you? Um, you know, when you're when you're racing, and who was all there this weekend? Uh, this weekend, it was me and my neighbor Carl, um, and then my fiance Aaron and my dad. Typically, it's just me and my dad, uh, but we've we got some extra help for for Andy. Okay, yeah, and because um, if I remember right, were you originally let's let's walk through this progression a little bit. So were you originally um, entered in the U.S. Nationals like early in this year? Like was this a goal for you to win the the U.S. Nationals this year? <laughs> so it's actually a, a funny story. I'm, I've been engaged for two years now to my fiance Aaron, and we were looking at the schedule because once the COVID hit, I was supposed to get married in May. Okay. And the COVID hit. And we rescheduled, and the only open weekend at our venue was, was the weekend of the U.S. Nationals. And knowing that Indies, I mean, it's a it's a week long deal. Um, we we were just gonna get married and, and not go to the race, but as the COVID progressed, we still couldn't hold our event. So that's how I ended up entering the U.S. Nationals. Hold the phone. You are telling me you were going to get married, couldn't, and decide to enter the race, and then won the U.S. Nationals instead of yeah, getting married. Supposed, supposed to get married on Saturday, won the U.S. Nationals on Sunday. So, <laughs> man, it's uh, it's it's. I don't know when it's your weekend. It's your weekend, and I, I don't know. So, it, it clearly was your weekend. That. Yeah. Do you? I'm gonna reserve all my comments um because they're not uh they're not for you they're for me so uh that's uh congratulations you brother congratulations you. you won the Thank u.s you. nationals instead of getting yeah. married i think that's a good weekend we're gonna call it all a win i see where you're going with that yeah. <laughs> um and i don't know your fiance at all so that's not a knock on her at all so just uh but uh no that's very very cool so you end up going all right well i can't get married so might as well go race you enter the race and then off you go so um, and I know there's a little bit of a trip even getting there. So how did how did the logistics work for you to get to Indy from Kansas? Right. So with my job, I'm a I, I sell injection molding machines, um, and I cover Iowa, Eastern Missouri, Southern Illinois, and I had meetings in Iowa um, last week. So my dad, fiance, and Carl rode up 
they took the truck and trailer and everything up to Indy. I had my business meetings, so I didn't actually get to Indy till late Wednesday night. Okay. Uh, driving over, but I did not ride out with them, so that was gotcha. kind of unusual. Yeah, so that's a little bit different. And um, but you handled business, and then uh, and then get to Indy, and so you settle in Wednesday night, um, make a make a pass on Thursday. And how how did qualifying go for you guys? You said you normally don't spray it, but you knew. Did you know kind of in the first round? You're like, hey, I got we're gonna have to spray this thing to get it in. Well, we we came out of the trailer ready. I mean, we were, we were gonna set up hot on the first first hit, and just get from A to B. Um, so I think we ran, a we qualified with a 77 and then the next pass, I tried dialing the nitrous timer back to get, to leave a little sooner, boiled the tires right off the line, had to lift. So I didn't even get, you know, the second qualifier was a throwaway. Okay. So that's a little rough then. So you qualify with a 77, um, that puts you in the field. Um, but, Mm -hmm. but, um, Remind us what position that was. That was twenty uh, eighth, I think, is where we ended up. Yeah, twenty eighth so, or twenty seventh. So you're in. You're like, hey, but now we can race. But but you did kind of burn that second qualifier. So um, going in first yeah. round, how did so how'd you feel? Obviously, obviously going into first round after you just screwed up in the last pass is is not a good feeling because um, you don't know if if it's going to make it down the track on the next one, much less how to dial it because we're not we don't run the bottle a lot. So dialing, you know, altitude versus a naturally aspirator motor and nitrous motors, it's, it's different. Right. Um, and luckily the guy I had first round went red. So we, we did get another full pass and then we were able to kind of figure out how to, how to dial the truck. Yeah. And on that pass, did you essentially give her, I mean, did you, cause I know you were dialed 672 later. Um, did you, did you give it a little more nitrous? Um, no, a little no. We went back to the first, the first uh, setup we had out of the trailer, and and went A to B. Okay, all right. Just to kind of figure out what the different weather was going to make the truck run. So that, um, so the, the weather did pick up. Uh, did it pick up a full five hundreds then over the weekend? Yeah, yeah. I would say easily. Um, we we qualified with that seventy seven, and we were dialed 70, 71, 72. So it was easily five numbers. Yeah, that's a that's a big change, and you know, like uh, just staying on top of that is a is a full time gig. And, mm-hmm. and but you get through round one, so you're like, okay, this is this is great. Um, and that's Saturday morning, right? That was a Saturday morning that was round one. Yeah. And so then you yeah. think you're going to run round two Saturday evening, and they go, no, nope, we're bumping the second round to Sunday. So now you're like, Hey, I'm running on Sunday in Indy. Um, like let's go. Right. Yeah. Um, and second round was, uh, early Sunday. How'd, how'd that go for you? That was, I believe that was, um, I don't know if that was Tatum or Brooks. I think it was Tatum. You know, you pull up next to a guy like Tatum, you're going to, he's, he knows what he's doing. Obviously he's, he's a great racer. Um, I just went red and super comp, right? So I've got that sitting in my mind uh, and I pull up next to Tatum. We stage and I always, whenever I let off the button, I always look over, look at that bottom green to kind of give me an idea how, how good that light was. Yep. And whenever I left, I saw that green was way on as the truck was moving. I was like, Oh, that's not good. <laughs> and, uh, luckily I was the faster car. So I was coming up on Tatum and, and I've been in his position multiple times, obviously the, you know, if we're qualified 28th with a 
77. I mean, there's a lot of fast cars there. So I'm used to looking over my shoulder and I, I've done it plenty of times. And, you know, he just, he took too much stripe and, and I got lucky. Yeah. So that would, that's kind of the one you feel like you got away with maybe. Oh yeah, absolutely. That was, uh, that was a, a lucky victory. And kind of at that point I thought, well, this, this might be our weekend if I can, you know, cut a seven, it was a 75 light and Tatum with double a one. I mean, I should not have won that race. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's uh... it, it was a big whiff on the tree. And, uh, whenever I got down there and he was that far ahead of me, I was like, Oh man, this is not good. So, <laughs> right. Right. But luckily my, my wind light came on. And, um, at that point I, I was, that was kind of whenever we, we knew that we had a pretty good shot at it. Yeah, so then then you're like, all right, man, I got away with one. The rains mm-hmm. come; they kind of you know uh, push everybody back, and then there's there's three rounds to crown crown a champion after that. Mm-hmm. And um, like uh, so, so you were you felt good after um, everything settled, and I mean the track came around perfect and all that stuff. What was the, what were those final three rounds like? Um, so the next round I had Brooks. Brooks is obviously a very good racer as well, mm-hmm. and. And we went down through there. We were pretty much dead even on the tree, and uh, I was just ahead of him by three thou. So that was that was an excellent excellent drag race. And then uh, the next round after that, I believe it was Darian. Yep. And Darian's a fast car. It's kind of you know, it's kind of back to the Tatum thing. You're looking over your shoulder real hard, and and I finally saw his front end, so I just stayed in it and went a dead nine. And Darian broke out, and then we were in the final. Yeah, so now you're staged up for the final. Um, it's Sunday night. The, the I mean, it's it's gotten dark at this point. It was really cool, I think. And um, you know, you're staging up for the final. Um, you've got uh, Chad Peckerel there, and yep. you know, and and so did you uh, have any pep talks with yourself before that uh, final, or say anything? It was, was it? the only thing going through my head was don't go red. So I rolled ten <laughs> in the box, and I put my finger on that button. Um, I was 30, 39 on the tree yep. and then, uh, the tree dropped and I looked over like I always do at that bottom green and, and I saw the the flicker of his red and, uh, yeah, screaming going down the track. Yeah. Pretty awesome. Right. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. uh, you, you, then you realize like, man, um, uh, I won the U S nationals. US, yeah. I was I streaming just... that going through the uh, shutdown there. So oh, that's, that is great <laughs> stuff. Um, yep. did, did your fiance forgive you, um, for not getting married then? That's the, the big question. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, it wasn't, wasn't our, it wasn't under our control. She's, she was happy with the win. She likes going out to the races. It was, it was, uh, that, that's kind of what she said, you know, that's <laughs> right. If we, we were supposed to get married that weekend and, and we didn't, and this would be the next best thing that could happen to us. Yeah, that's that's very cool. She's like, well, um, if you're gonna gonna race on our what could have been our wedding day, you might as well. Win, yeah, you right? better win it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that is great stuff, brother. That is great stuff. Yeah. Um, and um, uh, so uh, you've got the whole crew there. How was that trip back? Then was that uh, is it set in? It's Wednesday. I mean, you won that on Sunday. Had what? Uh, what's yeah. real life like for you right now? Uh, it's pretty. The Monday was rough. That was a long drive back. I mean, I was sweating and drinking water. Uh, <laughs> Sunday night was a long one, but uh, no, it's been great. People, have, people have been supporting me pretty well, reaching out to me, and getting a lot of Facebook notifications. And sure, it's been awesome. Yeah, good stuff. 
Um, all right. Well, now here's the other thing now. So your cousin, Megan, also won a Wally. Is that right? Yes. Yeah. So yes. tell us a little bit about your relationship. I mean, your cousins, when and she had an incredible weekend in her own right. It was actually so whenever we took top 10, we both won out in Norwalk as well. And uh, it's it's just a lot of fun. You get there, there's a lot of us Myers. My dad's one of 10, and they're from Indiana. So there was a bunch of a uh, bunch of my uncles and aunts out there, and it was it's just a big party. It's, it's oh, always very cool, always fun, um, especially with the U.S. Nationals. Whenever, whenever I saw her set the world record and then win. And then we go up, and and I saw the videos later on with all their crew behind me. I mean, it's just a big, big family deal, and it's it's a lot of fun. Yeah, that, fun family. That's awesome, and I, I know you guys got some pictures together. And I mean, that's a, very yeah. few families get to celebrate two indie wins in the same weekend. Right, right. And we did the same thing at Norwalk. We both won the, that national event, and that was that was a lot of fun as well. Yeah, really, really, really good stuff. Yep. Um, well, let me ask you this. So, uh, so what's next for you then? I mean, do you just schedule weddings like every other weekend, every time you go, is that the plan or what do you do? You know, it's pretty funny that you asked that. Um, the last night I entered, entered Vegas, which is actually the week before our next wedding date, which is in Hawaii. So okay. <laughs> we'll see how that goes. But, uh, yeah, that's, that's our plan right now. We're going to go out to maybe do a divisional and the uh, national out at, out of Vegas. Okay. All right. And then win Vegas and then go get married in Hawaii. I like it. Yeah, that would be nice. That's a, that's a solid plan. My man. Um, Probably save some money. If we just go down to the strip, <laughs> they will have you in and out in an hour. You know, that's all you got to do. I don't think she'd be okay with that. Yeah, she's never mind. Uh, you don't want marriage <laughs> advice from me, I promise you. Um, <laughs> well, let me ask you this: um, What would you do? Like you, you've obviously—I mean, you just won the biggest race um, in in our class's history, really. I mean, it's uh, it's a big deal to win the U.S. Nationals. You're riding high on this, and so this may, you know, be a tough question to ask right now, but. But um, you, you've been around it for a long time. Your family's been around it a long time. Is there anything that you would like to change, just for the betterment of our sport? Not not uh, in a you know an awful way, like oh we got to do this or things falling apart. But like what what tweaks would you make um, you know to to the sport to make it just a little bit better if you could? It's that's a tough question. It's uh, I don't know. Like you look at the street outlaw guys, they get tons of publicity i don't know how you would do it but there's just the sportsman side i mean you're you're doing your thing you've you know there's other podcasts out there they're trying to bring more attention to the sportsman side of racing but you know any sort of coverage outside of podcasts and facebook we really don't don't get a lot of attention I, i don't know the answer of how you improve that but that would be uh that would definitely be one of the things i would like to see yeah no, it makes sense. I mean, I think uh, when you look at um, the people that get out to the track, I would say, you know, like with the people that get out to the track and they look at how impressive the cars are and the operations are and how hard people work and how talented the drivers mm-hmm. are, then right. they, they really get an appreciation for it. But, you know, there's just so many people that have never been to a drag strip ever. And right. so, you know, that's it's hard for them to have any appreciation or enjoy it at all. 
Right. And then, I mean, he's, he's been there. Try to try to explain bracket racing to somebody, you know, <laughs> yeah, you got to get the napkin out and the abacus and all kinds of stuff. You yeah. Know? Yeah. It's uh it's so true. Now that makes perfect sense. Um, um, well, I certainly appreciate you coming on, um, you know, congrats for, uh, for winning the U S nationals. Um, that is, that's very, very impressive. You were, you were, um, I mean, just impressive all weekend long. So nicely done with that. And congrats for coming on, you know, doing that. And then thank you for coming on and, uh, telling us a little bit about how that weekend went for you. Yeah. Appreciate it, Rex. Guys, girls, that was your top sportsman, U.S. Nationals 2020 champion, Dusty Meyer, if you need him. Today's half-track report is brought to you by DragRaceLawyer.com, but you knew that already. Just go check out Ed Harney at DragRaceLawyer.com for all your high horsepower legal needs um guys girls we had some great drag racing action at lucas oil raceway in indianapolis this weekend so let's get to it first of all the jegs all-stars were um contested on friday it was um it was it was really the best of the best i mean we've talked about how you qualify for the jegs all-stars but winning that event is really um i mean you've got three rounds to win and it, and it's against the best of the best it's uh maybe the three hardest rounds you'll have all season long back to back to back so um really really impressive stuff first of all on the top dragster side um your number one qualifier was jb strasway he goes 612 with a five he's out of division three so he claims this top spot there but your winner was cody weber uh cody's from kingman arizona He's got a race tech dragster, and in the final, Cody was just nails. I mean, uh, he he is 006. Um, he's dialed 636. He gets the win over Victoria Johnson. I mean, that is impressive um, that he was so good in the final of the Jegs All-Stars on the top dragster side. Um, and then, you know, really, um, he wins that race, um, and then – I mean, just how brutal is this sport in this class in general is uh, Cody wins the Jags All-Stars and then doesn't qualify for the for the big race. Um, he dialed 636, and that isn't good enough. I mean, no one on the planet thinks that a 636 is too slow, and yet it was for the U.S. Nationals. So um, congrats to Cody Weber. Um, and and um, he, he had just an impressive showing there, but uh, – you know, I'd, I know he'd like to back that up a little bit, but uh, wasn't able to in the big show. On the top sportsman side, your number one qualifier was Lester Johnson. Of course, he goes six seventeen with a six. He's another guy out of Division Three, so there's a little bit of Division Three pride uh, hanging on the number one qualifying spots on both uh, top dragster and top sportsman. Uh, but your winner in top sportsman was Alan Firestone. He defeats Kyron Dinkle in the final, who was last year's winner. So Kyron's having a, had a really, um, you know, um, a nice run at these JEGS um, events. And, you know, um, but Alan Firestone gets it done. He is a 14 on the line. He's dialed a 656 and goes 656 with a 1. Kynan is 24 on the tree, dialed 627, and he goes 627-5. 
So, I mean, it was a heck of a race, and um, Alan Firestone comes up with the win light. Um, and give Alan some credit. I mean, he dinged up that car a couple weeks ago and hustled to get it back together and wins the JEGS All-Stars Top Sportsman Championship. So that was a, a really awesome race. And if you want to watch the JEGS All-Star race, it will be on Fox Sports 2 um, at 8 p.m. Eastern this evening, Wednesday, September 9th. So if you're doing what you should do, which is have that uh, have the Fast Brackets podcast linked up and you're listening to it at 6 p.m. Eastern every Wednesday after you get done listening to the show, have a little time for a little dinner, and then you can turn on Fox Sports 2 and watch that at 8 p.m. Eastern this evening. So that is really great exposure for our sport and great stuff from our friends at JEGS to get that thing on national TV. Now let's go to the U.S. Nationals. It is the biggest race on the planet. And as we talked a little bit with Dusty, um, the first round was Saturday morning. Um, so second round gets pushed to Sunday, second round is Sunday morning. Then the rains came and the NHRA has to get the pros in so they can be live for Fox sports. So what happened is the final eight in both categories waited. And then they waited until the weather was absolutely perfect. Them, and then there were three rounds left to crown a champion. And in top dragster, I told you I bump, I just mucked up the bump spot, but the bump was a 627.5 in top dragster. There were 27 cars that went 620 or better, and your number one qualifier was Anthony Batozzi. He goes 610.0 at 227. Um, you know, Afton Swanson goes uh, 610 with a 1. Think she's in good shape for that number one qualifier spot. AB says, no, no, I want that one. I will take that going the absolute minimum dial that you can go. 610 with a zero. You expected that at the U.S. Nationals, though, didn't you? And um, the other thing that we kind of could have expected this year um, was Danny Nelson winning this thing. So in the final, it's Danny Nelson over J.B. Strasweg. We already talked about JB having a really nice uh, event, nice weekend in general with the Jags All-Stars. And then this, he gets to the final. And I know this, JB was debating on whether to pull 8 thou or 10 thou out of the box for the final. He opts for 8 and then, of course, goes 2 thou red. So, I mean, just, you know, we've all been there. Um, we have uh, debated on how much to pull and just, you know, JB – um, in that situation, you got to give him credit for being aggressive in the final. I mean, it's the big go. Um, it didn't work out for him. Uh, but then when you have to go up against Danny Nelson in his Vortex supercharged race cap chassis, which has been absolutely deadly, you got to be aggressive. And so uh, JB will be there again. But uh, in, in that situation, just, you know, came up a, a little bit too thou, too aggressive on that one. Um, but Let's talk about Danny Nelson for a second. Has anyone been hotter over the last year and a half like Danny Nelson? He's been a machine. The car's consistent all day long, and he was 006 in the final before looking up and, and seeing his win light. So, um, you know, JB had to be aggressive. Um, Danny was unbelievable again this weekend, and congrats to Danny Nelson for winning the top dragster U.S. Nationals. Um, and then, um, on the top sportsman side, um, we had 
um, the bump spot was a little bit slower than what we thought. We it was a six ninety four eight. Um, there were twenty three cars that were six sixty nine or better. Your number one qualifier again, Lester Johnson from Cynthia, Kentucky. His fifty five Bel Air. He goes six seventeen six at two hundred and thirty eight miles an hour. He's got those twin turbos just spinning right now. Um, and we talked um, to Dusty Meyer, your winner. He beats Chad Peckerel when Chad goes red by 005 in the final, um, and and Dusty celebrates there. But we got to give Darian Bosch a little bit of credit here. So think about this. Um, He had both his top sportsman and top dragster cars in the semis and lost to the eventual champ on both sides. So a very strong outing for my man, and, and he did everything but win on that Sunday in Indy. So, it was just a it was just a great great event both on the top sportsman top dragster side, and um, you know Darren came up a little bit short and Dusty Meyer gets the win in top sportsman. Next week, guys girls, I'll bring you the NHRA NHRA Division Five event in Earlville, Iowa, and then we'll also talk about the Midwest Drag Racing Series up in Martin, Michigan. They've got actually got a double points race this weekend, so more great racing action for you next week. Oh, let's get out of the... Hold on. Actually, not. Um, I got a message last week from a concerned listener telling me, Hey, Rex, do you always get out of the groove? I mean, can you keep it in the groove one pass? A good driver isn't always out of the groove, sir. Uh, So that's what we're going to do today. We're going to keep this thing into the groove and get right to the mile per hour cone presented by theblindmachinist.com. And let's talk about the rest of the U.S. Nationals. It was so good. Um, We already talked about uh, that you know I missed the bump spot predictions in Top Sportsman and Top Dragster by about the length of a 70s Buick. But I did tell you the weather was right for some fast fields, and the new world records were set in both Top Alcohol Dragster and Top Fuel Harley. First in Top Alcohol Dragster, Megan Meyer, Dusty's cousin, sets a world record 509 at 280 miles per hour and wins Indiana last year. Uh, I guess she's retiring um, to have a family. She's recently married, um, so that... uh, is going around there um, in the Meyer, uh, you know, cousin world there. They're getting married, and uh, Megan is just going to step away for a little bit. I'm hoping she is back because, man, the 509 world record was impressive um, at Indy over the weekend. Secondly, Top Fuel Harley has a new world record. Bob Malloy goes 609 at 216 miles per hour to set the new Top Fuel Harley world record. Now, I want to say this. I know next to nothing about Top Fuel Harleys, but apparently to make them move, you have to ride a wheelie to about 1,000 feet because that's exactly what Bob Malloy did in setting the new world record. It was amazing. I watched it live and kept thinking to myself, he can sell that front tire is barely used, Um, you know, like he didn't barely use it or he had a wheelie for a thousand feet. It was just an incredible ride and uh, congrats to him for setting the world record. Coincidentally, I would say this, the front tire got about the same amount of uses as the oven did in my first house with my first wife. In either way, um, both of those situations ended spectacularly. 
Um, I will also say this, Stevie Fast was, again, his very impressive self. Um, He wrecks that pro mod in testing on a Tuesday, puts it back together, and wins in Indy on the following Sunday. So it's incredible. I mean, Stevie Fast is a really special talent, and um, that is incredible to rebuild a pro mod car in less than a week, um, especially to have it repainted and prepared to win the race. I mean, that dude works his tail off and gets the hardware to prove it by winning Indy on Sunday. Nicely done to Stevie Fast Jackson. Um, then in in factory stock, Aaron Stanfield comes on and gets the win. So I'm guessing that he got a little podcast karma. He was on with us a couple weeks ago. That was that was great stuff. Um, and uh, he goes on to win factory stock. So congrats to Aaron Stanfield for doing that. And then Sean Langdon wins in top fuel. Again, Sean was on with us earlier this year talking about top fuel and and bracket racing and eye racing. And uh, congrats to Sean Langdon, giving him the little podcast karma there. So, I mean, it's happening. That's what it is. You come on the show, you win U.S. Nationals. That's how it works. Um, and then the last thing I think it's important is for the first time that I've ever heard of, um, the president of the United States congratulated a winner in a national event, the U.S. Nationals. So tr- Donald J. Trump, he gives out the Twitter congrats to Erica Enders for her pro stock win. And I think that's the first time we've ever gotten pub like that from a sitting U.S. president. And, and Dusty Meyer talked about it, um, how we need more publicity in this thing. And I just don't think that's ever happened before. I mean, a sitting U.S. president has never given that type of publicity to a drag racer in that capacity. Um, you know, maybe the cer- certainly the Super Bowl winners do. Certainly, uh, if you win a World Series, you get to go to the the White House. But our president, uh, Donald J. Trump, congratulated Erica Enders for her pro stock victory. Um, and in part, some of that was because she had a big Women for Trump sticker on her car, which was uh, was really interesting and really great. So really fantastic stuff for the sport of drag racing this weekend. Um, let's hope we can all keep this momentum rolling. All right, let's bring this thing back in. Let's take a peek in the other lane. Let's do it. Let's take the stripe. Guys, girls, that is the show. It is time to pull the shoots on episode number 56. There it is. There's the wind light. There's that fabulous little tune by our friend Laura Brannigan and Gloria. Guys, girls, we had a great week this week. First of all, we had no Roadster talks. So that's always good. Secondly, we broke down all that was with the U.S. Nationals and the JEGS All-Stars. And we spoke in great depth with our excellent guest, Dusty Meyer. He is your top sportsman U.S. Nationals champ. Dusty was awesome. Um, But if you have comments, questions, curse words, you know that there are three ways to get at me. First of all, you can use the Facebook page using Messenger. Secondly, you can put it on the back of a Top Fuel Harley, and I'm sure it'll get to me some way that way. Or you can send an email at fastbrackets at outlook.com. You know there's no cost to the show, but a small token appreciation would be to share the show with someone you think would dig it. I'd appreciate it. I hope you enjoy it. Keep the rubber side down and travel safe.
So did you uh, meet the president's kid? I did not, um, but uh, I understand that Eric was making the rounds out there and and got himself sat in a top or a pro stock car and huh? got the thing fired up and by all accounts kind of knew what he was doing in that thing. It was pretty cool. What what happened, man? You got one of those VIP badges. You are the press. And um, yeah, well, we're, gotta take advantage of that stuff. <laughs> I've taken advantage of a lot of stuff in my life, Rob. But um, yeah, we're uh, on that one. We gave uh, Eric a little leeway. <laughs>